Welcome to Scareberia, episode 25, and we are super, super stoked because we have an awesome guest today. And as he phrases, I'm paraphrasing him, the paranerds. So the paranerd community is, I guess, coming together. Did you say amalgamating? Amalgamating. Oh, that's, a, that's a very Toronto thing, the amalgamation of, this, of the, <laughs> the cities. cities. So we're doing the amalgamation of the podcast. So we actually have a wonderful host and all around awesome person because he's a fellow teacher so he totally feels our pain and he understands <laughs> us so i'm gonna read a little bio of mr patrick keller so woo, woo. so welcome mr patrick keller mr so i have the Hi, teacher i'm so you know you don't have to mr me although i'm mr kids all day long mr and miss all all the time but i'm glad to be here i'm so excited thank you yeah so patrick is an educator and the host of the Big Seance, or as we like to call it, Seance, which is a, it's a forum for the paranerds to have an open dialogue about all things paranormal. He's been featured on podcasters such as Coast to Coast with George Norrie. What? We like Coast to Coast. Some of Patrick's notable guests include Chip Coffey, Lloyd Arbach, Amy Bruni, Adam Berry, Rosemary Ann Guiley, Troy Taylor, Guy Lyon, Playfair, Karen A. Dahmer. And one of the most world's investigations and celebrated manifestors, Yuri Gelly, which we're going to go back to that one because we're like, Yuri Gelly. Okay, Yuri Gelly. Because Geller, sorry, Yuri Geller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always get confused. Yuri Geller. I, I know I'm not as up as you are on this. No. I think chocolate. Yuri Geller. Yeah. Yuri Geller. That's his name now. <laughs> so you actually founded the Missouri Spirit Seekers, right? A paranormal group? That's correct. It's been a while since we've been active, but that's correct. Because we actually have a few, we have two paranormal groups in Toronto that we actually interviewed. One was called the Spirit Seekers, and the other one's called the Paranormal Spirit Seekers. So we had these two groups. (laughs) It's just the trend, I guess. I know, so not to be mistaken. Yeah, so you, I know, like, obviously, like, from your bio, that you're really big into everybody else who may not know about your passion, but... One of your big thing is that you're really big into communication and spiritual communication. And so my first question I want to ask you, Patrick, is which is your favorite form of spirit communication do you prefer or enjoy the most? Well, I have to say that I'm fascinated by them all, but I don't necessarily feel that my strength is all of them. Karen A. Dahlman told me at one time that I'm fascinated by the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. I use the Ouija board off and on. I've used it for like six years off and on. Love it. But I only this year with Karen had activity from the board, you know, mm-hmm. and it's very slow. Mm-hmm. She can do the Ouija board and get like six paragraphs and go all day long and write a book on the you know Ouija board. And it's very slow and laborious is the word she uses mm-hmm. with me. And she says, it's okay if, you know, the Ouija board is not your strength. Like maybe EVP is, can be your strength. Mm-hmm. Now, EVP is probably what I had the most experience with and the most successful experience with. I'd say around four or five years ago, I was doing a lot of EVP experimenting and research, even just in my own home. And reading a lot and spending hours and hours formulating these experiments and being so serious about it. And I really burned myself out. It was like, you know, paranormal burnout. Mm. And 
So I haven't really done that a lot since then. If I do anything like that now, it's just for fun. I've had to talk myself into just enjoy it because there for a while I was so serious. And I think a lot of people just jumping into the paranormal are that way at first. They're like, I've got to prove that it's real. (laughs) And you just get too serious about it. And it's like, you're not going to be the first one all of a sudden in, you know, centuries to prove that it's real. Yeah. Um, Take a chill pill. Back (laughs) off. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd probably say EVP because that would be my strength, but I do enjoy a lot of the tools and gadgets and learning about the different forms of spirit communication. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, for those who may not know who Karen A. Dolman is, could you briefly tell Gabriel who she is? Like, I have known her about her for years. I've heard her on your program, Beyond the Darkness. And so she is, to me, I personally think, is one of the experts of the Ouija board. Karen A. Dolman is so sweet and so funny and so perfect and beautiful in every way. She, I heard her on Jim Harold's The Paranormal Podcast a number of years ago. And she, the interesting thing is she has worked with the Ouija board for over 20 years Hmm. and, or maybe it's been 30 years. I don't remember. She's, she's worked with the Ouija 30 years, 40 years, whatever it is. Since the seventies. I'm not a math teacher. So she was two years old, Karen. You were two years old when you started this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. And, but she's only recently, like in the last decade, come out, you know, with, being so passionate about this and Mm -hmm. and helping people with it and publicly talking about it. And so I think my, mine wasn't the first show, but that time period when I first interviewed her was when she was first kind of jumping out there and she really is an expert, whether she would call herself an expert or not. She really is an expert there for a while. She referred to herself as a Ouija-ologist, which is a really fun name, but she's also very educated on lots of topics. She's also a certified psychotherapist and she really knows her stuff and a very spiritual person. I, let's see, what's the word that I usually, I tell her she's my, what's the term where you really don't understand what someone's talking about when they're in a niche Uh, and she's my, your guru. I don't know. Kind of. I mean, she is my guru, but I'm trying. Anyway, I forget. She she's over my head a lot, I mm-hmm. guess, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. But I still love listening to her and just smile. And, and I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sure in one of my future lives, I will totally understand that. Thank you so much for sharing it with me. But no, she has been on my show several times doing live Ouija sessions. Some of mm-hmm. that has been on video. Since then, she now does lots of her own Ouija sessions on YouTube with her board partner, Rodney, and they're very cool, wonderful messages. She's all about working the Ouija board with love Mm -hmm. and respect. There's no negativity about it. It's not like this dark uh, party toy, you know, and it's very cool. I finally got to meet Karen in the same room this last summer. And it looks like maybe this winter sometime she may be coming back by again to spend some time with me to nerd out. So I'm super pumped. She's awesome. That's great. Well, I I just want to like point out like that's one thing I do respect about Karen is that she is, she seems to be a well-rounded, level-headed individual where she's got both feet planted on her ground. Yes, she's got this 
you know, Paris like, oh, so she's got this psychology kind of, you said, was it psychologist or psychotherapist? Uh, uh, psychotherapist. psychotherapist. So, you know, she's got the scientific, you know, brain to her, but she's also got the spiritual side. So she's got this perfect, you know, I guess combination where she is a, somebody who's actually knowledgeable, but somebody who's respectful. And that's one thing, you know, you said, this is not a party trick. This is not a party parlor. She respects, she knows the, the consequences behind Ouija board because sometimes there is a lot of negative connotations towards the Ouija boards, right? A lot of people think it's like this evil, you know, form of like communication and that if you were to touch one, the devil is going to come and the Ouija board is going to explode and it's like, you know, an episode it's from dogma. the apocalyptic. It's exactly. what it is. It's dogma. Yeah. And so, and that's what I like about it, is that she really takes away that negative kind of aspect behind it. It's like, no, it's not something negative. I think it's all about the individual who is using and their attention that they are going to use while they, you know, put their hands on a Ouija board. And my opinion is that it's no different than any other tool. It's no different yes. than pulling Correct. out a spirit box or working with EVP mm-hmm. or a dowsing rod even. To me, it's no different. I think it, it's just what a lot of people have. It's just like rumors go about, yes. you know, and everybody, of course, and everybody has their, when they're teenagers or whatever, that party moment with the Ouija oh, yeah. board. I didn't, but I you know, everybody assumes that, like, me at 41, like, I'm getting the Ouija board out, like, I'm at a party. Yeah. <laughs> it, no, that's no. that's not, you know, you're not in that frame of mind anymore. It's it's for a different purpose. Although, I do have a bit of a lighter question. The fact that Ouija boy, we, <laughs> Ouija boy, that's, Ouija boy, boy, that's, that's my one. pop band I'm trying to yeah, manage now. Pop band. <laughs> That, <laughs> that they're so tied in with the concept of like a seance. Did it kind of take you off that you named your podcast Big Seance and then you had all this crap luck with the Ouija board? That's where my mind goes. I don't know. <laughs> That's where my, so, I would be ticked. <laughs> reframe that question. So you were saying you didn't have the best of luck getting responses from oh, the Ouija oh, board. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but you have this. This podcast called The Big Seance, which is right away people think of Ouija boards and like seances. They're synonymous. They're synonymous. That's what I think. Yeah. A lot of people probably do. When I initially thought of the seance and going back to, you know, I remember watching a few shows. I I talked about the show 321. Did you ever watch 321 Contact? No. No, I don't know. But I also, it might not be a Canadian thing. 321 Contact had a little segment called the bloodhound gang and i remember an episode of the bloodhound gang it was a children's show where they had some kind of seance and i've never been able to find this since then but i'll i I always remember that and then of course there's a few 70s and 80s movies that have some kind of seance or spiritualism scene and so i wasn't necessarily picturing a ouija board Mm -hmm. but in a lot of those seances they would have had not necessarily a Ouija board, but like mm-hmm. the letters, you know, mm-hmm. on cards mm-hmm. around the table and like a shot glass in the middle mm-hmm. or something like that. I was thinking more, you know, just the medium themselves and, you know, physical phenomena and crazy stuff going on. That's usually what I go to first. But yeah, a Ouija board could definitely be the the center of attention at a seance. The, uh, well, that's actually is going to bring me up. I was going to ask you, first off, I was like, where did you get the idea for your podcast, The Big Seance? Where did this podcast of yours that you came up with and that we are both fans of, like, so? And I just want to say it's actually because of individuals like yourself 
we have a podcast. Yeah. You know, we hear great yeah. people like yourself and you put yourself out there. So I just want to say thank you because it's, you know, this open this platform for us to start our own. Yeah. And I'm just going to take a minute to fangirl. You were actually one of the first podcasts I ever listened to. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm a bit You're late welcome. to the game, but <laughs> she's yeah. a late bloomer. I'm a little fun. late bloomer. But I'll be signing autographs later awesome. and I'll, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll be your manager. Off and throw it over to your side of the room. Perfect. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> no, the funny thing is, is I had the same thing to say to the podcast that I started listening to. And, and for me, that was. Jim Harold of the big the big seance. Oh no, I'm rubbing off on you. The paranormal podcast. He was the only podcast that I listened to for four years mm-hmm. when I yeah. first started listening to pod. Not maybe not quite four years, but 2008 is when I first started listening. And then he inspired me to start blogging. And then from the blog, really, this went from a blog. It was mm-hmm. BigSeance.com. And so it just kind of worked itself naturally to progress to a podcast. And so I already had the name, but it all started in a time period when I was going through what I called my spiritual shift. Mm. And so, you know, I didn't grow up fascinated with, with this type of thing. I didn't grow up with experiences with hauntings or ghosts or, or even I'm sure I was curious and I'm sure I liked the ghost stories and things like that, just like any kid does. But I don't really remember being fascinated by it. And sometimes now I hate that because I'm like, man, what did I miss out? All these cool things I could have been doing, you know, when I was a kid. But it just Ghost Hunters came out. And I know that's everybody gets embarrassed to have to say that. But Ghost Hunters came out and that kind of mm-hmm. inspired me. I randomly grabbed a book called Ghosts Among Us by James Van Prague. No. Yes, I have that book and I read it to My mom gave it to me. Yes, and I gave it to my mom. (laughs) There you go. It was in a bargain bin at the Borders bookstore before Mm -hmm. they closed down and so I grabbed that and after that I read a book a week for like a year because I was obsessed and that's when my library started growing. And, you know, I'm obsessed with psychics and mediums and every kind of ability and what life in the afterlife is like Mm -hmm. and what's it look like. And and then all of a sudden, this dogma, like I was talking about earlier from growing up in the Southern Baptist Church and kind of running away from stuff that just gets planted in your head and all these really messed up things. And all of a sudden it was like, wow, okay, I'm totally... I got it. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not like I'm excited. Not that I'm excited to die, but I'm excited <laughs> to see what's on the other side. And so that's really what it was. And and this idea of a seance is really just a metaphor for the curiosity that nerds like us have for all things mm-hmm. afterlife, ghosts, yeah. spirit communication, and you know, it's all a big seance for me because I would love to, every time some new, you know, gadget comes out or some theory that somebody has, I totally nerd out and I want to try it. And then mm-hmm. I fail and then I move on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I and I truly believe that makes a great educator because, you know, we have to try to apply these ourselves before we teach other people. And he said, yeah, you know what? I tried. It didn't work. Move on. Yeah. And I don't t- I don't pretend to be an expert at anything. Yes. You know, I just, it's, it's me being honest and sharing what I do know, 
but sharing my experiences with reading about it and interviewing people to figure out what they're doing. And also, I think I have plenty of interviews with just regular old paranerds too, to mm-hmm. see what they're doing. It's not all experts. And so it's, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. And I, sometimes I wish that as much as I love being an educator, sometimes I wish I could sit here all day and just nerd out on this, but yeah, we yeah, were just talking about that. <laughs> we're talking, yes, talking we're about, talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> so you brought up that you're interested in all the new theories and things that come up. Is there a certain one that's come up recently or a topic recently that's kind of grabbed your interest right now that you're? Well, there's the stone. When I think theory, I guess the stone tape theory has always uh, been uh, fascinated uh-huh, with yeah. me. That's probably the first one that that I really started learning about and thinking about. Stone tape theory would be like residual hauntings like if there's anything in the elements of a house or a home or the stones or the water or a river you know and 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 that causes that records mm-hmm. the activity or the haunting to happen over and over that's kind of a cool theory we talk but also of- just like techniques like the they call it now they like to call it the like the stanley Te- not the Stanley technique, the Estes Park method, or what do they call it? The Stanley technique. Anyway, the investigators yeah. that are always at the Stanley Hotel, Hotel started doing the spirit box where they put the you know the headphones on people so they can't hear the questions. Yes, and then they spout out what the spirit box is saying, not knowing what the investigators say. And there's often blindfolded yeah, people yeah. too. And to me, that's a new thing. That's like a big trendy thing now that everybody's doing and i've never personally tried it but i love love watching it i think that's like things like that i love when people come up with something new yeah that's different instead of just sitting in a room going so is anybody here (laughs) right (laughs) always in the middle of the night too in a place that has no indoor plumbing i'm like come on guys yeah that's come on well i think it was carl pfeiffer that did that right when they brought carl pfeiffer and i forget the other gentleman that works with him yeah a lot Yeah, I, I have a, I have a big, huge, I fangirl on him. So <laughs> he is a very nice looking man. Oh yes, he is. Yes, yes, he is a handsome, yes, handsome yeah. young fella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, big fan of his. That I, it's funny you say that because we've actually discussed about this whole mm-hmm. stone tape theory on our podcast many times, where we've been to many locations, you know, and that's. I gotta say, what's one thing that's cool about our podcast is that because we're strictly Canadian, we look at Canadian places. In Ontario, I'm not kidding, Patrick. There is hundreds. I mean, hundreds of haunted locations. We're also very blessed. Yeah, we're very blessed. We have a lot of limestone. Yes, and a lot of underground rivers, above ground rivers. We're just filled with water and limestone. Yeah, so we get a lot of. So we get, and so a lot of places we've been to have been made out of limestone. And so we have always talked about that theory about limestone being this great, you know, conductor, like this great recorder, how it basically feeds in and how the spirit and afterlife can actually use this as a means to communicate and just like as a, almost like a, I don't know, battery, you can say, like a battery just yeah. used to communicate. And we've been a few places where we've done an investigation and we, <laughs> we've had some some pretty successful like hits like I know like like yourself I'm some of my favorite tools that I love I love to use for communication is my EVP as well my EMF and actually I'm so excited I purchased last night a spirit ghost box so I'm excited I know I know and a laser grid so I'm really what kind of spirit box did you get it's actually from the ghost shop 
Okay. And they created this amazing, it's like a very small handheld one, and it actually records as well. So not only is it an S-Box, it actually records. So you actually have your little memory card, you put it in, and I can record the whole session. They're getting cooler. I know. I know. They're getting cooler. And so I'm, I'm really excited. But, you know, having these techniques and these tools, but... I think it's like going back to something basic as like the stone read is like that, you know, like these amazing techniques that we sometimes oversee and overlook, you know, that it's, they're like right there. It's like, no, that's, it's basically there for us. It's like, here we go. I'm giving this to you now. Just go with it. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's all there. We just don't know how to read it or unlock all of it yet. Yeah. That's funny. And and something you, when you said the battery, that made me started thinking of it in a different way too, because I mean, there's so many things we don't know, but maybe the stone and everything, is it kind of like, what are they called? They have those EMF things where it gives off energy, gives mm-hmm. off EMF mm-hmm. to, to cause more EMF. Mm-hmm. So maybe like the stone tape theory, you know, some of these elements in stone and limestone, maybe it is giving off energy that's yeah. making it easy for us, yeah. easier for us to mm-hmm. know it's there or... Is it like I think of like the old school when they would literally, you know, record on a record yeah. or cylinders, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, just how in the world is creating a sound? How are they putting it on yeah. a cylinder? Like to me, is it the same way? Is it just there waiting to record mm-hmm. or is it giving off? Is it like that battery? That's see, I could think about stuff like that all day long. So I don't have the knowledge to understand well it's funny because i like you know going back to and that because i just have a big crush on him like you know but carl like when you had him on your show you know like you know when you have these discussions with people like that is there sometimes when you're, you're sitting there and you have these like aha moments with these people and you're like oh my god i'm having these aha moments but you don't want to nerd out and sound like super nerdy or worried you're just like worried like yeah i'm cool I'm, I'm going to keep this cool. I'm going to keep this cool with this interviewer. But like I said, like my, I guess my question is like, when you have people like Carl and you have Karen, like, do you ever get nervous? That's my question. I was going to say, I know it's like a long winded question, like, and like my question, but just. Do oh, you well, ever I'll hear? try to answer all of them. So yes, <laughs> I get nervous almost every single time. Mm-hmm. There's not a, a, an interview that I don't get nervous for. And, and I like, I try most of the time I try to over prepare and I probably prepare too much just because I'm nervous. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times as I'm going through the interview, I will sit here and and I'll always have a moment where I go, Oh my gosh, I need to cancel this interview. It's going to be horrible. I didn't prepare enough or whatever. And then after it's done, it's like, the greatest like angel moment angels mm-hmm. are singing. I'm like, this is the greatest interview I've ever had. Every, single, every single time. So I always get nervous every time, you know, I, I don't have a journalism degree. I don't, I have to really work hard to like, you know, I have a third grade vocabulary. That's always like something that's in my mind. It's like, man, I don't, I can't ever come up with the word I want to think of. Yes. It'll be like dog. You know, I no. want to be able to think of something <laughs> simple like I, that. So I'm very self-conscious about that. I feel like uh, you and I were separated in a past oh, life. You yeah. asked if, oh, if I'm ever just like having aha moments mm-hmm. and things. And, and that made me think of there's a woman named Carla Wills Brandon mm-hmm. who I interviewed about 
deathbed visions, I think is what we were discussing. Mm -hmm. And she just randomly said something about the psychomantium. And I am obsessed with the psychomantium and fascinated by it. And Mm -hmm. I totally, you know, wigged out and started asking and talking to her about the psychomantium. It's like, okay, wait, I know this is not why you're here, but can we talk for about 20 minutes about the psychomantium? You know? Yeah, <laughs> so I hold the press. We got to talk about this pressing issue right now. now. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's awesome. So funny. But that's, but that just shows like, you know, yeah. that that's just who you are. And, and that's what I think it's so great. You know, that's why I'm so drawn to your podcast is that you make the interviewers very comfortable mm-hmm. and honestly like when we listen to it like, I admire because your it's ebb and flow your questions mm-hmm. and everything goes so smoothly and so I've always been you know I've always respected that you know and it well, just and, and and so like that's what Beth and I first started out oh, our, started first podcast, our first podcast was horrible like we sounded like <laughs> Okay, do you remember the SNL skit, like, the, <laughs> NPR, the ladies? NPR ladies? Like, I'm like, it was like this the whole time. Like, yeah, that was us. We were totally were NPR ladies. Did you like the NPR voice? Oh, you were, I don't know what the <laughs> hell was going on. I mean, they're not much better now. We're a little bit more Alec Baldwin, sweaty ball NPR. We're sweaty ball, yeah. Original we're, I think NPR, we're a little bit we're more comfortable in our skin. <laughs> it's taken a while for us to get where we are. up a bit. Then, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, we don't take ourselves. It was so hot when I first when you first heard it. I'm like, I'm like, oh, my friend's like, your pocket's like, no, you don't have to listen no, to it. You're good. No, you're good. Skip it. How do we delete go, this? Go, I say like, go to episode five. <laughs> That's what I tell them to. <laughs> Just go to episode five. Sorry. Because Google. you know, you know, it's like, and it's hard to you know try to talk to people about these topics and like, and like you said, you know, when you first started, a lot of our friends look at us like. Oh, cool. You're into the paranormal. Or it's like, oh, you guys are weird. That's yeah. scary. Sorry. Like, yeah. I always roll my eyes. Like, I just, because I'm like, really? I'm like, scary. I'm like, yeah, I'm a little bit weird. I've always been a weird kid. But, you know. Well, what's worse than that is when they look at you like, oh, that's cute. Yes. That's what, that's what I get more than anything. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm into, I, uh, well, when I used to do more paranormal investigation, when I thought it was cool, it's like, yeah, I'm a paranormal investigator and I have a blog and they're like, oh, that's cute. But you, I know. Like, oh, man. Damn it, it's not the reaction I was <laughs> I know. I know. I'm like, oh, really? Do you go like, don't you get scared? That's my best. Like, don't you get freaked out? How do you sleep at night? I'm like, oh, okay, first off, I'm not sleeping in a haunted house every night and summon up the demons like i'm not no sleeping in a you know a, a pentagram with like candles <laughs> to, like summon up a demon i have no idea what these people's idea of what a paranormal podcast is about but you know i try to explain to people and they're like oh that's what you do okay then some people are like kind of slowly getting into it but my mom likes our podcast. You know that quilting podcast? Yeah, like that, except... Yeah. <laughs> it's so oh, true. Gosh, like, yeah. I don't know. I like, I, I'm not too sure about your, your spouse, but uh, mine is not into the paranormal. He just like, he's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. yeah, and there was a time at the beginning where, I mean, I knew he wasn't into it at all. 
And I, you know, I, he was kind of one of those, oh, that's cute people, you know. And so that also made me very self-conscious. And we yes. lived in a different place where we just had a loft where I recorded my podcast. And it was always rough because we had to plan, like, when I was going to record because he would have to, like, turn the TV off and, like, all that. And I was really embarrassed to even be talking about it and, mm-hmm. like, be passionate about it when he was there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, now we've been together 11 years. It's not, it's not anything anymore, but I still close the door. Cause I'm like, <laughs> but he's very supportive and very interested in like the promotion of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, but you know, he's, and it's not that he's afraid of it. It's just like, Oh, I don't want to know. Just uh, la la la. Don't, yeah, even, yeah. don't even talk about it. Gotcha. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, my husband calls it woo-woo. He's like, oh, you're doing that woo-woo stuff? I'm like, yes, I'm doing my woo-woo stuff. Leave me alone now. <laughs> you need to rechange that to woo-woo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Woo-woo. <laughs> okay. Changed it. I'm changing the dialogue, changing people. The I'm dialogue. changing the dialogue. Change the tone. Oh, my Change gosh. But, but there's a, I, I don't know. Like I said, like I can sit here and talk for hours with you, Patrick. It's been like, you know, just, there's so many questions. Oh. So, so one question I have, yeah. and I always want to know, is who's been the most profound guest you've had on your show? <laughs> Do you like that? Beth like that one. I like that one. It's, it's almost always one of two answers. I mean, I have a lot of guests who are repeat yes. guests mm-hmm. who we, we all love and have on many times. And I've learned a lot from them and they become really great friends. But... Both Guy Lyon Playfair mm-hmm. and Uri Geller, I think, is probably, and I didn't expect that. I was very nervous with both of them mm-hmm. when I called Guy Lyon Playfair. You know, I'm like, man, it is this tiny old man in the UK who's like at least a god in mm-hmm. my eyes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the conjuring stuff was going mm-hmm. on and Enfield Poltergeist. And I was like, this is the dude. This is him. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I'm talking to him. And then I've told this story a few times. He really lightened up things for me when I called and I was so nervous. And I'm, I'm just like, man, he's, he's probably going to think I'm a giant dork, but he knows his stuff. But yet it's an old man and you're on Skype and you're, ta- you know, and he said, well, hang on. If we're ready, he said, let me crawl into my recording studio. And I said, sweet, that's cool. You've got a recording studio in your apartment. And he was like, no, it's just a cardboard box. <laughs> I went, what? A cardboard box? He went, uh, yeah, you just sit and put your head over a cardboard box. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, Shut up. So, <laughs> of course, I'm sitting there imagining Guy Lion Playfair chilling in his living room with his head <laughs> in a cardboard box. And that just makes everything so much lighter. Uh, now, I'm That's such a visual person. Like, I'm actually uh, picturing that right now. I'm just sitting here, like, and it's like, I don't know why. I'm picturing yeah. suspenders, but in suspenders, <laughs> just sitting there in his trousers, like, just gonna sit in this box right and i mean talking about like the most serious scientific things in his box and you can hear the background it's like where is my box (laughs) (laughs) somebody's looking for a box he's taking oh yeah i but i mean i think 
he had it like with him all the time. Like I think that was like his, <laughs> I'm doing an interview box. That's amazing. That's label. Label. Excuse me, I'm just gonna jump into my recording studio. Okay. <laughs> just has to take the cat out, move it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just sorry that is the funniest thing ever that's absolutely brilliant yeah I don't know how to follow up I don't know I can't just picture this well here's what sticks in my mind about Uri Geller I guess oh yes Uh, I can tell you that when I was done and of course we're talking about all these secret documents Mm -hmm. that were released that week and he told me as I'm talking to him he's like oh yeah you're the first one to give me an interview on this topic when all these you know national you know newspapers and everything are talking mm-hmm. about it and it's breaking news and huge and i was like uh gulp okay cool <laughs> and then i caught him on you know record saying that so then i can also promote it that way as the awesome. first interview you know yes. but when we were done it was funny and he was the kindest nicest thing and i was probably more nervous with him because he is so internationally known yeah yeah he's- especially people of a of of you know, older than a certain age. Everybody knows Uri Geller. And then I'm also thinking, oh my God, he was friends with Michael Jackson and chilled with Michael Jackson mm-hmm. and every queen and royalty in the world. And mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh my gosh. But he was so sweet and nice. And then at the end, <laughs> he was like, okay, can you stop recording? And I was like, okay, it's cool, Uri. I'm, I've done recording. He's like, no, for real, stop recording. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not recording. It's safe. And he was like, okay. And he said something really sweet. He gave me a, a nice compliment and everything. But then he was like, I just want to let you know, I feel like I have to. He says, I'm pretty confident that people are listening to us right now. I don't know if he said okay, the, uh, like the, C, the CIA or the yeah. whatever. He says, I'm pretty sure they're listening to our conversation right now. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> when we were done with that conversation, I'm like, you know, putting the finger up to my camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, hello, we're done with the interview now. You can. <laughs> it was a little surreal. I was like, That's oh, hilarious. my God. Did, that just, did that just happened. <laughs> well, uh, Beth and I always laugh because we said that if, you know, the CIA and, and those guys were going to, like, hack us, they would probably look at my, like, history browser and think I'm the most boring and, like, loser's person because of, like, all the like, cat videos. <laughs> And like paranormal stuff is like ghost adventures, ghost hunters, ghost brothers. It's like that's all it is. So, and then they go, Oh, that's yeah, cute. yeah, that's cute. Like, <laughs> and then there's a cat in the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Oh, so good. Well, one person I know, you know, she just passed, which is Marion Guiley. Like, mm-hmm. you know, listen to that interview and going back recently and just listen to interviews, very surreal because. She was also big in the paranormal world. And, you know, the, the, you know, chemistry you guys had was amazing too. Just like, just like, it's like talking to an old friend. And it just like, you know, just, it's such a cool thing. And it was a big loss for the paranormal world. And so how, how was that when you got that news that she passed away? Well, it was, it was weird because when I went to the Haunted America conference this summer, we knew she wasn't there. And Mm -hmm. she has never, I think, to my knowledge, I don't think she's missed a Haunted America conference, which has been like 25 Mm -hmm. years or something like that. And nobody knew. 
And not even Troy knew who coordinates the conference. And he's like, you know, I've left her some messages. Just she's not. She just said that she wasn't able to make it or something. And I knew of no nothing else. So I did kind of get nervous there and, and wonder. And it was kind of a quiet behind the scenes buzz that people were talking about. And then it was weird because all of a sudden there's not anyone in the community that I know of that found out about her death before like a week later. Like everybody found out like a week later. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of weird. It's so she and her family were clearly wanting to keep it private Mm -hmm. and and deal with that on their own. And so that was kind of bizarre. Mm -hmm. And I the the morning of finding that out, you could just see on Facebook all of a sudden people finding out, people finding out, people finding out. And we didn't have a lot of answers. And it was, like I said, a week later. That's kind of weird. Yeah. For someone who is so, I don't know, maybe someone who is so knowledgeable about those topics and Mm -hmm. and woo-woo things and afterlife things, maybe you're only, you know, you're just ready for it and you're like, whatever, I'm going to, I don't really need to communicate it with the world. Or it's just, it was just weird. I didn't expect it to be like that. But my cool memory about, Rosemary Ellen Guiley is this because I, she's always she's always intimidated me a mm-hmm. little bit. There's a lot of guests I've interviewed that kind of intimidate me because I'm like, wow, and I'm nobody. And look at me. I'm interviewing them. Well, I haven't really talked to her, you know, outside of the podcast. I hadn't really talked to her much. And I went to the Haunted America conference, I think, the first year that I went there. It was like five years ago. And this was like a year or two after I'd interviewed her and she walked in and she just said, Oh, hi, Patrick. Like, and I'm looking around like (laughs) there's another Patrick here, right? She's not talking to me. She like by sight, she knew my face and she knew my name. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. Rosemary Ellen Guiley knows my name and said hi to me. That was one of the coolest things in the world, you know, because I mean, She's on Coast to Coast how many times yeah. and spent, I mean, she did a, a zillion books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, she knew my face and she said hi to me. That was very, very cool. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Cause, but that's why I'm saying like when, and that's funny you say that. Cause you know, you didn't really have this relationship really you know, out of the podcast, but when you listen to it, it's like, it sounded like two old friends chatting and that's what <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? And so, and that's what I heard about her, that she was just this genuinely really down to earth Beautiful soul. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and and so, you know, and that, it's funny you say that because she didn't, nobody knew that she passed away. Like, it's almost like she knew. It's, I don't know. Like, that's just my theories. Like, she knew it was coming and she just wanted to have this peace and just like, okay, you'll see me on the other side. Maybe I might see you soon. You know what I mean? And so I, I just thought that, you know, like, I know it's like a big loss for the, the, the big, you know, the paranormal world. And so that's why I just want to get your view behind her death and just how much of a great impact she had on the, the paranormal world. And so, yeah, I just, I thought she was a cool person. And so I really enjoyed the interview that you had her when you had her on your well, show. Thank you. Yeah. I think she's probably an old soul yeah. who <clears throat> has learned so much from a zillion lives before. I mean, she has to have to, mm-hmm. to just the way she speaks, you can just hear it. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I mean, she's probably just like, mm, no big deal. And you know, there's no reason to make a circus out of it. Yes. Or, yeah. You know, just see you the next time around, you know. <laughs> and, and, and that's probably, that's it because she has this great knowledge of the, you know, the, the past life and like what to expect after because she's so 
in touch and in tune with the other side that it was probably, I, I, I wonder if it was an easy transition. She's just like, okay, this is it. Okay. Like you said, see you in the next life. Like I'm just going to peace out now and just going to slip out. It's like, you know, you want to sneak out a party without anybody knowing that you love the party. It's like one of those, like <laughs> taking off. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it's just one of those two. It's kind of like a conversation that I just had with Claire Broad where I was commenting about how I have a lot of medium friends that I either follow on social media or something. And when like life happens to them mm-hmm. and they lose their mind, I'm always like, Oh, but they're, they're like, <laughs> like, are they practicing what they preach or are they, mm-hmm. da, da, da? or like when someone, they lose someone in their life and they, they grieve mm-hmm. or they're experiencing mm-hmm. things. And I'm like, but wait, they're teaching this and that. And, and I have to step back and Claire Broad went, well, no, Keller. She's like, mediums are human humans, and they yeah. grieve too. And there are steps to the grieving process and you're going to be in denial and you're going to. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, she may have fought it just like we, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, like many people would or like most of us would. I mean, of course, in the moment you're thinking, I don't want to die. Yeah. You know, there, there's probably more you can do or, or loved ones you're leaving. And yeah, those. no, I, yeah, true. So you, you've mentioned Rosemary Ellen Guiley, Yuri Geller, all these amazing interviews had, is there anyone left on your bucket list to interview that you haven't interviewed yet or? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm going through this kind of window now where I've got a lot of return guests. Like I'm going back and bringing a lot of, people on that have been on before and it's also a time period where you know life is happening here too like with with teaching and Mm -hmm. the older I get sometimes when I get home from school and you just sit and you stare and then all of a sudden you're going (laughs) (laughs) we were just talking about that know that well yeah that gets harder and harder for me every year and so sometimes I just need to step up in researching and finding good guests, Mm -hmm. but I've always promoted the fact that when I have guests on and things, it's always people who are, I'm interacting with in my paranormal world. So I'm not necessarily just going out and finding random people. It's something that comes into my life or is introduced to me somehow or, or things like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't always just want to go out and do an inventory and find somebody to interview. I kind of want it to be natural, something that fits and like, for example, I don't have an interview ready for the next one. That's mm-hmm. kind of how it's been the last several months. It's just, oh, I've got an interview coming up in, or I've got an episode due in a couple of weeks. My gosh, I hope something just pops up. <laughs> <laughs> and usually it does. That's awesome. <laughs> and this is how That's the so universe cool. works. It's amazing that way. Cause like, you're just like, exactly. Though I think you also like practice what you preach, right? Like you're saying about, when these meetings are having these like these existential moments and these like ugh, breakdowns, I'm like, oh my gosh, this happened. And you're like, okay, yes, we're humans. But you're also like, oh yeah, I too have the ability to do stuff to like, you know, like put it out to the universe and see what comes and like this and to put it out to the universe. I asked and yeah. I received and it's awesome. I, I just think it's great that way. Personally, I now I have a question before I let yeah, Beth. I've been like stealing all the questions here. Sorry, Beth. I'm such a Sorry. horrible friend. How did you? Good thing you bought me a donut before. I know. I did buy her a donut. 
And I did make me dinner. You did make me dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I insist on you sending me a virtual donut. Okay. Oh, done. Done. Okay. Right. Oh, if you ever come to Toronto with a take to this great place called Donut Monster. Oh my gosh. Oh, gosh. This sounds just delicious. They make the best donuts. The best. Anyhow. We will rest. virtually send you one and possibly send you a real one if I can figure out how to send it cross border. <laughs> There's a, uh, there may or may not be a bite in it. And yeah, and the test control. <laughs> I was going to ask, because you're like, you're into the paranormal and you're in this world. How did you make the, you know, not the leap because you're still a teacher. Like, how did, you, you know, you know, teacher slash podcaster, especially in the paranormal too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're the same yeah. way. And so I just want to know how this came across for you. Like, did you always know you want to be a teacher? And then... You fell into paranormal and then the paranormal kind of led you to this or how did it, everything kind of like go for you? Well, I should back up a little bit, I guess. I have always been a, you know, growing up, I was a little gay boy doing the lots of things little gay boys do, dancing and singing and marching. And so I always knew I was going to do something creative or entertaining or artistic Mm -hmm. or creative. And I was very often the teacher's pet growing up. I was never the smartest in the room, but I was often the teacher's pet. And so even when I was little, I thought I would go into teaching it some way or another And then as I started taking things like drama and vocal music and instrumental music and things like that more seriously, I was like, okay, well, duh, that's what I'm going to teach. It's either going to be band, choir, or, you know, like speech and drama. And so in (laughs) high school, I was grooming myself to be one of those things. I went through a brief phase my freshman year of undergrad I was going to a conservatory of music and I was a music composition major because in middle school and in high school, kind of on the side, that's one thing I like to do is write music. I was in in love with the music of John Williams and James Horner and all those, you know, cheesy harmonies and film scores. And I learned very quickly when I was in that composition department, that was very like avant-garde And I often make the joke that, like, I was writing John Williams music and they were like, okay, today we're going to write music for Chainsaw and Flute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is not the place for me. So I didn't really fit in and I wasn't, you know, nice, beautiful music wasn't respected. Those kinds of things in the composition world, Mm -hmm. I think, kind of ebb and flow, too. So things might may have changed since Mm -hmm. then. But I was like, uh, back to education. So uh, went into, I had to give up something, played saxophone, and my saxophone broke. And I was like, well, that's out. That's an easy <laughs> one. And <laughs> so I eventually narrowed it down to vocal music. And so, you know, that's what I did for probably almost 10 years before this paranormal thing happened. And hmm. before that, I was I was just a giant teacher nerd living at school, having no life. Not really dating, none of that stuff. And all of a sudden, it's funny, like when I started dating and having a life as far as that goes, the paranormal kind of hit me at the same time, too. So my life really changed in one year or so. And so then you're like, okay, how do I rock this teaching gig 
but have a life. And so it, it's good that I've been at like the same school for 18 years now. And wow, there's certain things that you can do backwards and forwards in your sleep. So you don't mm-hmm. have to like spend a lot of time doing certain things. So I've got time and I don't have kids of my own. Yeah. So that, you know, gives me time to still take care of myself, but also do my nerdy passion. That's awesome. <laughs> and you get, you know what, like I said, you just inspire because like I said, that's, you're one of the reasons why we have a podcast and and it's great because I've been like, almost like yourself, I've been teaching for almost 10 years and we've been doing this for a year. And just like, it's a great, I personally find it is a great creative outlet, you know, oh, yeah. being stuck in the same rut and just like, and ourselves, we don't have any kids ourselves mm-hmm. either. And so like, you don't want to be stuck in this rut and just like being teaching like, and I just love that. We have a podcast because I personally believe podcasts are, is a platform of education, right? Is it for, we are, we're informing and educating people, you know, introduce them to different things they've never heard of before. So I love that we're able to do this, but in a paranormal way, right? That we're able to take our passion, which is paranormal and our profession, which is teaching and just combining them and just creating this platform. And when you do it with a friend, it's also like a happy hour. I know. I say, and we I, do. Ours is sometimes a little more happy hour than educational. But <laughs> Oh, talk about what you ask. What we always oh, yes. So one of our favorite things about your podcast is having a beverage. So we wanted oh, yes. to know, what is the most requested beverage when people sit down to your seance? Yes. <laughs> That's me. I, Sorry. I caught that seance. <laughs> <laughs> I actually stopped asking a while back because it was so much pressure always remembering Mm, to ask what someone wanted. And then occasionally I would get people on the other side that I was not the other side, like (laughs) like, people I'm interviewing. Occasionally they would react really weird. Like, uh, this is weird. Why are you asking me what I want to drink? I'm sitting in my office and you're 50,000 miles away. (laughs) So there was that. I sometimes wonder if that like annoys people. Like there are lots of things I think are cool in my Mm -hmm. podcast, but I know some people are like, Oh my God, that's dorky. Let me tell you that is my favorite part. And I go back and rewind (laughs) stuff just sometimes to hear that little clip at the beginning. And then I'll go to the new episode. (laughs) (laughs) I almost, I will tell you though, I, I'm not too good to have, you know, I considered starting an index of, the different drinks that people asked and actually putting them in a document so that I could like compile. Mm -hmm. That's how far I almost went, but I didn't. (laughs) He's on the back burner one day. You can have a little bartender's book come out. Okay. Well, shut up. That is such a great idea. Well, you're on our podcast. What would you like to drink on this podcast? And it's totally like, it's like rated 14 and up. So it can be whatever you want. 14 and up. That's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> well, since I've gone back into my past quite a bit, I'm going to have to do my college beverage of choice, which is also very nerdy. Oh. And do, do you think you know it? No. Well, I'm waiting waiting to it. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. I'm so ready. The Midori Sour. Oh. Okay, I don't know that. I shocked like, both of you guys. I can tell on your Midori faces. Midori Sour. Even what is. I love a good Amaretto Sour or Whiskey Sour. Amaretto Sour 2 is also a fave, but Midori is like neon green. It looks like 
know, like Cana Freeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's melon. It's a melon liqueur is oh, what it is. Okay. Oh, okay. Very cool bottle. I'll have to send you a, a picture. Yeah. Awesome. Midori. Hmm. Midori. We're going to be looking this up. Well, it's a good thing we don't actually have it because we would have screwed that up badly. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny. I loved Midori Sours so much when I was in college. I had like, a, you know, some of the earliest websites. This is embarrassing. Like, a, like Homestead. Do you remember? Like yes, Earth? Homestead. Homestead. Geocities. Well, I had a website where, you know, it was like the earliest version of Flash ever. And, you know, all you did was it was just like a static page and you yeah. put like skewed pictures that never really looked right. And <laughs> yeah. but anyway, the background was really bright green like a Midori and I called it my Midori page. Oh Amazing. Gosh. Yeah. Oh that's awesome. my gosh. That's you're, pretty you're welcome. Fun. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. I just oh, like man. just like neon green thing. I think it just brings a I don't think it's with Beetlejuice. Oh, oh green. Yeah. And I think of every evil character in Disney because they're always in neon green. Oh true. <gasps> yeah. You should call it the princess. The like the like a, it should be like a, a villain name. We can make it. We you should re like name it in a villain right. name. I have a feeling we guys internet world. I'm trademarking it right now. Patrick's gonna come out with a mixology book, and the three of us are gonna open a pub with yes. like fancy creepy drinks. Yes. Tm. We don't know the name yet, but I'm copywriting <laughs> I, it preemptively. Maybe my homestead <laughs> site is still out there somewhere. Maybe. I can try to find it. We could just update it, revamp it a little <laughs> bit. Imagine? I think my MySpace, like MySpace is still at, like, my own personal MySpace page is out there still. Yeah. Oh. With the little 8-bit music track? Yes. Yeah. That only works half the time? Yeah. Okay, we're really, we're really off yeah, we're, we're, Sorry. We're, we're dating ourselves now, yeah. people. We're so, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. My mom probably listens. She goes, what, do you, what is this? MySpace. <laughs> Okay. Oh, man. Oh. Do you wanna... No, you're going. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> I was like... No, I just have my lips. So one of the things we were hoping to ask you is you, what ability would you rather have? Telekinesis, remote viewing, or precognitive ESP? Oh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> I know that stumped us too. We were like, that's a good mm-hmm. one. I'm lazy, so I like telekinesis. Yes. Wait, but at what, the same what was time, the third one? Precognitive ESP. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think remote viewing would be the most dangerous one. Would, like that's where you could really drop you on know, your exes. Yeah. Some stuff. That would be interesting. That would yeah. be juicy. It yes. would be very juicy. I'd have to say remote viewing. That's probably to me that would be the most powerful. Powerful one. Even even above moving things across the room. Yeah. See, I would be remote viewing i think i apologize in advance now if the government starts listening to you again because you've said that i apologize in advance that is why you have a white van outside your house they, they knew it they, they knew, knew. We were. that's pretty dang cool. it <laughs> they knew we were they doing this they knew it Shit. maybe they have Here, a precognitive yes know that we already talked about a white van outside and k ultra oh yeah by the way guys so beth so this afternoon we came home from work there was a white van that was parked outside. A nondescript white panel van. Yeah. And then... You have to be detailed about the non-detailed Yeah. It was just... And it was a funny thing because as I drove up, I thought, MKUltra, there's a government. And that's all I thought about. And I'm, as I'm driving up, I'm looking like this. I have like one. I'm just driving to my drive. I'm like this. Watching it. Come out. I'm like, haha. Interesting. And then back comes up. How scary would, would it have been if you saw like a bald-headed girl running by... Oh. oh my god. Oh my god, exactly. Straight out blood. Eleven with a box of like <laughs> you know, the eggos dropping. It's like a trail of eggos. 
I'm more disturbed. You're dropping your rangos, damn it! Stop littering! No, see, I would be like all about helping her. Oh, oh, I have egos. Here, come here. Come here. See, I work as bunnies. You all would be like, have you tried this donut? It's yeah. <laughs> you don't even know. Come over to the donut. Seriously. I just, yeah, for both viewing, it's kind of like, I always said I would screw with people, but my luck, I would walk, I would like remote at the wrong time at yeah, the wrong place i'm like oh don't need to see that like i know that would be my luck like i will go into a place when something was happening that i that i cannot unsee and like then it scars me they will turn me off from this if, yeah like to me if i was able especially if you think about remote viewing into like future oh or in the past it would and maybe it's just because of science fiction and, and what we've told ourselves happens, but how could you not affect the future oh, if, if yeah. you knew certain things? That to me would scare me. I'm like, mm, am I going to screw this up? Am, am I? Gonna- mm-hmm. <laughs> well, oh, now I'm just going down the brain thing. The whole thing is like, if we change it, does it affect the future and then yes. that cancels itself out? Or does it, you're taking me down a mind trip. This isn't good. Okay. We're going to get that very good point. Well, that being said, what is your theory about aliens and extraterrestrial and all those things? Do you have, do you, are you, do you buy into that camp as well? I totally believe in aliens. Mm-hmm. I get bored and fall asleep when I, that's why I have never had an alien episode on my show. <laughs> like it's, I, I hope one of these days that something happens and I'm inspired to take the, mm-hmm you know, the, the road to alienville. Yeah. But I don't know. I didn't, I, it, when I listen to a lot of paranormal shows, when an alien episode comes on or a UFO episode comes on, I'm like, uh, delete. Mm, you know, yeah. I just don't have, but I totally believe they're there. Like I'm not a, a denier yeah. or skeptic mm-hmm. about it at all. Like there has to be, we can't be the only ones. When Absolutely. you just look at how massive, you know, when, there's this meme one time that came on where they showed, uh, you know, the earth and then they showed the other planets and then they showed the size of the Milky way. And then they were like, Oh yeah. And then there's 8 million other Milky ways. And then there's, I was like, Oh, stop. I can't do it. I can't do it. Like that is so huge. And beyond that, we don't even know. Like still there's only a certain amount we know. And beyond that there's more. So we can't. Exactly. You're, yeah. you're dumb to think that we're the only ones here. Thank you. No, I and I I I totally agree. And Beth and I were talking about that today because we both work at a Catholic schools and we always say about Jesus, I said the theory about Jesus being an alien. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. We're not saying it's we're aliens. Not, we're not saying it's aliens. It's aliens, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> because like the whole theory and, and, and that theory about floating around that Jesus was an actual alien because he is like you know in terms like of you know we're in this two dimensional plane and he is like how many dimensions up were just like how he was able to descend and all this thing he was able to do mm-hmm. that he was this very alien being in terms like his what is it like I don't know like I don't know what I'm trying to say here but you know what I mean like they, there's a theory that Jesus is an alien I'm still a new teacher I cannot comment for <laughs> against this on air until my probation is done <laughs> so well it is is Bigfoot an alien oh, oh. So I hear that one too I hear that one too sometimes is your president 
yes. <laughs> yes. Just oh. saying. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. But no, I don't even. I don't. Even, Bigfoot for sure. I I can say I think that's dorky, and I'm gonna. I probably just offended a million people right now, and I apologize. But I can't help but giggle a little bit. And I know it's probably what people do to me when I talk about EVP or whatever. You know, we just talked about people saying, oh, that's cute. (laughs) I kind of do that with Bigfoot conversations. Really? Are Are we still talking about the furry guy walking around with wood platform shoes? (laughs) Well, they have on that Tellier documentary on YouTube that Carl's in it and Dana and Greg. And Greg. Yeah. Yeah. And so they talk about this goblin, right? Which is like, they believe it's not really of this planet, but something else, right? The three toe. And so have you seen that documentary at all? Have you watched it? I have not, but Greg and Dana talked quite a bit about ghosts and how they relate to Bigfoot and how that relates mm-hmm. to aliens and like all that. And a lot of that goes over my head. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I forget what Greg said on my episode with them. He said he had like an aha moment while he was talking to me and he said, Oh my gosh. He said, I, gosh, what, what did he says? I have a sound bite of it that I've put in a lot of things. You know, this whole time he was searching for ghosts and it was really Bigfoot or, or something like mm-hmm. that. I forget what it said. He had some aha moment about Bigfoot. And that was kind of cool. Mm, that's that's cool. I know. Random that's, tangent. I'm sorry. No, no, no and, that's, and that's funny. She's a fellow Canadian. Yes, yes. So we used to watch a show of hers, Girly Ghost Hunters. Oh yes, I'm. St- do you know I've seen like three episodes of that? <laughs> I told myself I was going to catch up on all of them, but I still haven't. I know it's Canadian production at its best. I know we're. <laughs> And, and we're yeah. Yeah. I love Degrassi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that that's filmed not too far yeah, from my house. Like there. the studio, really? yeah. the studio that they actually filmed the school is yeah. up the street from my house. That's wow. the thing about living in Toronto. Everybody either knows a kid from Degrassi, the TV show, or knows somebody who knows. It's only like one or two degrees of separation. Did, did you ever that's watch? That's hilarious. Yeah. Did you ever watch the original one? That's the yes. best one. Yeah. So I grew up with a lot of those guys because my friend's cousin was. You know, I, I knew a lot of them because of my friend's cousin. That was in the show as well. And so it's all this. So once in a while, we'd see them at parties and, and stuff like that. So I know. Yeah, we are very excited well, when Americans like it. a lot of uh, Hollywood movies now are produced in Toronto, right? Yeah. So well, we have Tiff right now. It's yeah. like they're trying to. It's set in New York. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, it? It's in Toronto. Yeah. It? Did you watch yes, the new It? Yes, finished wrapping just outside I of Toronto. I the house was in Toronto. Canada, yeah, it's right? about 40 minutes outside city center. Yeah. So... Yeah. And the house itself, the where the location is, is just downtown in Toronto. And the town itself, Derry, is actually this really cute town called Port Hope. It is the cutest town. It really is a nice, happy town. It is exactly yeah, like it's that. Cute, yeah. It's a really cute town. And like, I'm like, oh, I've been there, been there, been there. And so. Well, it's not so cute anymore. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, speaking of Canada, are you, I'm totally just taking over your no, show. No, do, <laughs> do you Have you guys, you know, do you follow Lena and John of Carbon Lilies? No, Whoa. this is something new to us. <laughs> what is this? Should oh we be talking gosh. about? Should we shame so ourselves? <laughs> Two of my biggest followers, mm-hmm. longest followers, who are giant para nerds. Woo. They have a blog where they blog about their travels. 
They've also been on my show a couple of times. They've kind of helped me co-host a few things. Okay. One of the Conjuring episodes has Lana and John. They're pseudonyms. Okay. Lana and John of Carbon Lilies. John is actually the she, and Lana is actually the he, because they're giant nerds, and that's how they do it. I love it. Got to check it out. Anyway, they're from Canada, and I'm, they're going to be upset with me because I'm not cool enough to know exactly where in Canada they are. You might be near each other. That's okay. We can face stalk them. Yeah, we'll we're... Them. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll have to check them out. I know, I know, I know. And now I hand your podcast back to you. No, that's awesome. <laughs> it's fine. It's uh, fine. Yeah. So we are big movie fans, obviously, and we like to count down our favorite scary movies for Halloween. So we were wondering, what's your favorite kind of creepy movie? And do you like scary movies? Yeah, so I probably should ask that first. First of all, <laughs> that's another reason why you will get along with Lena and John of Carbon Lilies, because they also share that nerdiness and do a lot of movie countdowns. Oh. I love, I, I'm a sucker for an old-fashioned, just haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. Nice. I, I will watch slasher films that are nostalgic to me from, like, the 80s and 90s. Yes, me uh, too. Just just because it's nostalgia or because I like to laugh at them. Oh, yeah. But I don't necessarily get into them around Halloween. I would much rather watch, like, for example, there is an old black and white movie called The Uninvited. Yes. yes. That's yep. a great OMG. one. OMG. Love it. Amazing. Yeah. There is an old black and white movie called, I'm going to have to look it up, but I watch it almost every fall as well. I also like... The Changeling, the mm-hmm. like nineteen eighty, such a great with the little ball, the bouncing ball. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. yes, and speaking of, that is like one of the coolest seance scenes ever. I know. I agree. Oh. I agree. One of the very first mentions of EVP. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Also, right, and he had the big reel to reel. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. But yeah. I, in the last 10 years, kind of along with my spiritual shift, I, I'm always looking every year or so, I'm always looking for three or four new vintage or black and white movies that I haven't seen or haven't heard of. Like, I just learned about this one called Supernatural. I put that in on, on Facebook, but hmm. it is from like 1932, 33 and it's a black and white, and I haven't watched it yet because my DVD's defective, and they're sending oh, no. me another one. But like, I'm excited to watch that. It's got this. Uh, she was a huge Hollywood actress at one time, Carol Lombard. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know much about her, but it's. I've heard lots of good things. Troy Taylor says it's an amazing movie, very much worth the watch. And so I can't wait to add that. Vincent Price films. How about Vincent, Vincent Price? Are you a fan of Vincent oh, Price? Oh, yes. Vincent Price. By the way, Vincent Price was really good friends with the Lemp family, and I stayed at the Haunted Lemp Mansion. Just want to tell you that. That's right no now. No way. Not in Canada. <laughs> no, <laughs> sadly not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. It's going to drive me nuts. You can move on. Um, okay. I can move on a little bit. But I'm going to look for that movie because I blogged it about it, and I'm going I'm to tell you what that movie is because it is uh Amazing. I just have to put a little shout. One of my favorite older scary movies is Hotel Horror. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It also yes. came out under another name. I can't remember the alternate name right now, but if you ever get a chance, I'll send you I a know link. That I know that one. Oh, I'll send you a link. It's one of my absolute favorites. It's a little overdramatic, but that's what makes it delectable. Well, duh. <laughs> so, Patrick, you mentioned that you stay the limp at the limp house, limp mansion, rather. Mm-hmm. 
When you were into the paranormal and you had the paranormal investigation teams, have you had a profound experience at any locations that kind of like, that kind of scared you or like you had like an experience that's like, wow, like I've had a few of like the places I've been to. And so like I was not anticipating ready for that. Have you had or in your time as a paranormal investigator, did you have a profound experience that was like, oh my gosh, that was terrifying or exciting or exhilarating? First of all, there's not like a ton of investigations that we had under our belt when we were out investigating formally. But most of those profound moments for me happened afterward mm. when you're going through the evidence and you find this EVP or that EVP and you're like, man, if I had only known that this was the message while I was there. Mm-hmm. And you always feel bad that you just now got it and it's three weeks later because yeah. it took you that long to get to it. Things like that. But there's also, I've never seen anything, for example. I've never like seen a ghost or seen something it just blew me away, but I've heard things. I guess I've heard things, and, and most of those things happen afterward. But there was a university in Missouri that actually doesn't exist anymore, but I was in a dark room, like a photography dark room. Mm-hmm. And we were, this was the whole reason why we were investigating it. In the 70s, I think in the 70s, may have been the 60s, a young man hung himself in this dark room in that university. And so there were, had been reports over the years of crying from that room and different activity going in that room. And they'd since, the the rumor was that for years they had the dark room closed off. Like they just wouldn't allow people Mm -hmm. to go in there. And so first of all, when you go in there, it really is like, first of all, everything's black. It's painted black and it's like a storage room. Mm-hmm. now or it was a storage room and so you know of course you've got everything going on in your mind i never know if like is my mind playing tricks with me because i know what happened here or am i really experiencing something that is being caused by mm-hmm. some something or other and there was a moment in there where i felt like i had you know like when you feel electricity rush through you And I think my sister, I think my sister had a similar moment in that room as well. Like you just get the chills and you're just like, I don't know what that was, but that was something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was one of the coolest moments. I don't think we we got any kind of evidence that was like clear anything Mm -hmm, from there. mm -hmm. But that was just one of those things that you felt and, and it was kind of sad and you just knew that. Yeah. There was an experience going on. There, yeah. there was something going on there, and that was one of our one of our earliest investigations. And so, that stands out to me mm. as well. Yeah. Well, that's I. Right. Yeah, that's, that's awesome because I think those, and like you said, when those aha moments, like, and those ones, you can't really, you know, you can't disregard them. You can't talk out of them. You know, you you just like you have to take them for what it was <laughs> and what it is. That's amazing. That's great. That's awesome. Then there's the time that the hand reached out and grabbed me when I was in my bed after an investigation. Do you guys know that one? This is why I don't do this crap with you, Grace. <laughs> I got touched too. This is why I don't do this. But I got touched in my elbow. No, okay, what? Where was that? <laughs> so this was a time when I was doing a lot in like a two-week period. 
I had for my blog, I think this was before the podcast, I had organized a three-part seance with a medium friend of mine where I was doing a lot of research for it, preparing for it, and we were trying to reach out and communicate to, you know, paranormal investigators of the past, psychics and mediums from the past, Mm -hmm. and just see if we could get information from them. That's great. And nothing like ridiculous happened, nothing Mm -hmm. crazy, but it was a very cool experience. And those three seances were over like a a span of three weeks. (laughs) And then I also had that same medium friend she brought me in to a family's house because she was working with them and she said i'd like for you to to come in and do like an investigation and we'll do this kind of as a team Mm -hmm. and that was one of my first like legit family called wants our help kind of things and that was very interesting and and very legit like the family was very you know there was not a, a a a I don't know, a, a, a bone in their body that was doing this just for attention or anything. Mm-hmm. And so I had done that the night before, an all-nighter, and trying to also teach and work oh, and so stuff like that. So I just finished all these seances. I had that investigation, and I'm in bed. My husband is on the other side of the bed, so I'm on the right side of the bed, and I'm on my left side, so I'm facing my husband. Mm-hmm. And I had woken up. It was like three something in the morning. And I woke up and I've never experienced this ever. And I don't have these crazy experiences. So I hope people don't think I'm crazy because I don't have these experiences. I was very cold, incredibly cold. And my heart was racing. Hmm. And instantly after I woke up, I just knew. I was like, hmm, something's here. Yep, something's here. I knew intuitively that that's what it was, but I'm also kind of partly in the back of my head going, am I having a heart attack or something? Like, you know, you, I always have heard like men shouldn't sleep on whatever. I'm like, and I'm not the healthiest person in the world. So I'm like, Oh my God, am I having a heart attack? And I'm sitting there and I'm going, okay, white light, white light. Imagine white light, protect me, protect me, white light. And all of a sudden, I feel a cold hand reach for me, like over the side of the bed, the opposite side of my face, grab my shoulder. And instinctively, I'm so for real, instinctively, I reach with my other hand to grab it. Why I did that, that's insane. But I did. (laughs) Instinctively, I reached out to grab it and I grabbed it and it retreated and went back over the bed. And I turned around to my back so I'm on my back my husband is still sleeping and of course I'm feeling like I'm gonna have a heart attack and I'm just like what just happened am I awake yep pretty sure I'm awake yep I'm awake I'm like pinching myself and the only thing I could think of because I didn't want to be a giant dork with my husband asleep I didn't want to go excuse me are you here (laughs) I wasn't gonna get up up out of bed And I grabbed my phone and I just, I went to the recording app and I just pressed record and I like held it out in front of me in the air. <laughs> and I was like, is there someone here? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and I just let it record for a while. And then finally I calmed down and I was like, okay, can you go back to sleep? All right, let's go back to sleep. And I woke up the next morning. And my dog was in the door frame of the bed, just like sit or in of the bedroom, just like mm-hmm. sitting facing the opposite direction. 
like he was just like guarding the door, which was kind of crazy. I still don't know what that was about, but I played back the recording and got nothing, you know, and I, and I, that's the only thing like that. And I'm like, okay, is it that investigation? Did I bring something home? I don't, I'm not necessarily a believer in the whole bring something home with you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But was it that, was it the seances? Was it, was I in that hypnagogic, hypnopompic Mm -hmm. state? And I just, it wasn't really anything. Am I psychotic? Do I need meds? Was I having a heart attack? I mean, I'll never stop rethinking it, but I can tell you I was so awake. Yeah. I was awake is all I'm going to say. Now I could be psychotic and telling you I'm awake and maybe I wasn't, but I was awake. I, I would say, honey, grab the dog. Let's burn the shit down. I'm burning this whole house down. Get the salt. Burn the shit. Ha- burn this house down and get the holy water and salt. We're just that's like kudos to you for being so chill at it, like putting up your phone. I would be like, that's like every childhood scary movie thing under the bed come to life. I would just yeah, be. I don't. That's all. I'm I having issues now just hearing the story. Well, I can't imagine I can't, living. I mean, obviously, I didn't get out of bed. I mean, if I really wasn't scared, I would have gotten out of bed and checked it out. No, that's so I just didn't get out of bed. Yeah, yeah. No, I call that being smart. <laughs> I call that being but smart. I typically am more, and I hear a lot of people on the paranormal say this. I'm way more afraid of living people than I am of ghosts. We always say that but, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But still, I think teaching does it. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> I think you did. Oh, oops. Indoor voice came out. <laughs> but Patrick, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show. Like I can sit here and talk for hours with you. You are such a lovely person to have. Like it's just like having, you know, like we're like friends just sitting around having tea and talking and just shooting the shit. <laughs> which is awesome. Like it's just so nice to have people like you out there. And I just want to say thank you. But before we go, I actually have one more question. Because I feel like I've been still all these questions. I'm sorry, Beth, because that's me. I'm a Leo. I'm all elbows. What advice would you give to those who are starting podcasts like ourselves? You know, we're still fairly new to this. What is your biggest advice? Advice for people specifically starting a podcast. Mm -hmm. And then kind of those who are still finding their way into this. We're really asking Um, for ourselves. (laughs) I guess I would say, first of all, keep in mind that Most of the podcasts I listen to, and there are many, most of them are actually not paranormal. They're podcasts about podcasting. So I I hear a lot of stuff and you hear a lot of gurus talking about things. And sometimes you hear it and you're like, that's dumb. Why are you saying that? (laughs) And there are some that I completely buy into. And so I'm really like religious about certain things. But I don't think you can prepare too much. I don't think you can. Well, let me back up. Try to create an environment that you want to create. You know, like for me, not that not that everything has to be like the way I do it, but for me, thinking of a seance parlor, I remember it was like the third or fourth episode of my show. I was like, oh, I could start painting this picture of like being in a parlor and lighting the candles and okay, I got this. And so then I started being nerdy about, you know, pour your tea and and so I think a lot of people get into that. So I, I get really into the, the produced elements of mm-hmm. things now, but that also takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I, I tell people to not though at the same time, 
not overproduce and edit because I am such a perfectionist. And sometimes it will be 12 to 14 hours that I will edit and work on the sound of a podcast that's just an hour long every other week. Right. You know, but right. then the, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, but that's there forever. Yeah. And it's kind of that. like a legacy or something like that. So I'm like, that's okay. It's okay that I spent 12 hours of my life on one episode, but it's also insane. So I, I try to get myself to pull back a little bit. And every time I try to pull back, I end up adding something else or <laughs> adding some other element that takes like two hours of my life every time mm-hmm. I do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's my passion too. So so it's okay. Yay. And then it's, I don't think I gave you a good answer. It was very no, no message. No, it's, oh, it's just it's well, like it, today's episode, like today's podcast. We're just like talking, like it's like friends just having this conversation, just going back and forth, and just you know, just whatever comes into your paranormal world. I think my head because I have like like twenty thousand tabs open in my head, like a computer, and just like they're all going and all these like questions and. Only short amount of time, and I have all these questions asking. So I just, you know, thank you because you stayed with us for a long time, and we really I know. appreciate. That. I know, and uh, amazing. Before you go, no problem. Pumpkin spice or no pumpkin spice? Because we are in fall season. We have hot debates over this. That's funny. When it is a solid dessert, <laughs> bring me some pumpkin. Mm. If it is a beverage, I find that I don't dig it as yes! much. Sorry. <laughs> that, that goes onto my side. So thank you. Yeah. Point one but for the moose. I love that people get into it because it means harvest time and fall and autumn. I love that part of it. That's very diplomatic. And I will try some of those things occasionally, but I'd rather taste my pumpkin in like a dessert. Mm. That was a very diplomatic and appreciated well, answer. Okay. You guys don't know what you're missing because there's a pumpkin pie yogurt and it's so good see that i would try because yogurt's like a dessert to me it's solid it's yeah it's a a solid solid ish but yeah. yeah so that's been a debate so thank you yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry thank my... for splitting you up more <laughs> it's 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 what broke up our podcast <laughs> excuse me i'm not usually I'm this competitive polarize the uh If you're looking for some recommendations, our friend of ours, Peter Sacco, has written some really great books. Mm-hmm. And they're actually very cool if you're looking for it, especially. We've actually posted this on our mm-hmm. Instagram. It was our last spooktacular read. Yes. Because we... Because we like wordplay. We're wordplay. You guys are nerds. <laughs> we're such nerds. <laughs> I love it. We are nerds. But <laughs> his books glasses. are great because he does talk about the uh, the hauntings of Niagara Falls. Because we're about an hour and a half away from Niagara Falls. Okay. So it's, you know, he does talk about this. So if you're looking for, you know, some great books. Because you do like the books. I say go read one of those. Yeah. Peter can, you spell, can you spell his name? <laughs> That's a They're S-A-C-C-O. Okay. I think you totally, like, you want to get some, 
you know, history in there, you know, about Canada and some paranormal. It's best of both worlds. And so. he's a fun, fun writing style. You laugh a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I just want to say thank you again, yes, Patrick. Thank you it's so been much. so amazing. I hope we did nerd out on you and fangirl on no, you. It is an honor and I appreciate it We're such so a- much. And again, I don't get asked to do these very often. So I was kind of like, <laughs> tonight. I hope you guys just you missed know. it. You guys can't see this, but Patrick just totally did flip his hair. It was awesome. I flipped my hair. I do that in front of my kids sometimes too. And they're like, um, <laughs> did he just flip imaginary hair? And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. Bitch, my hair is flawless. Look away. <laughs> Girl. Girl. Exactly. Oh, Patrick, it's been such a great time with you. I Like I said, again, I can stay... Well, I can't because I like to talk too much. I could too. See? Oh. Yeah. Why do you have to live so far? You could just be here and just hang out with us and we could just have tea and just and donuts. annoy our husbands. Be awesome. Yeah. That would be super fun. Right. <laughs> so, but that's why we just have to Skype more often then. Yes. Like okay. It's like being there. Exactly. Like we just we sit there in front of our husbands like, shut up. Okay, go. We'll away. send you the donuts and then we'll all... <laughs> But seriously, oh, look up Lena and John because y'all could nerd out together. I'm not going to lie. I totally Googled them while you were talking about it. So yeah. I have it up on the link. I'll we are going one. to stalk them now. So yeah. thank you for, <laughs> for our next project. For our next stalk project. <laughs> we have to go get a white band now. <laughs> they want to blow the band. I was just going to say the new white band project. <laughs> hey, that's like. That's like a good band name. You know what? It's the Alan Parsons oh. Project, but it's the White Band Project. The White Band Project is the name of the Ouija Boy's first album. Oh, guys. Okay. We're Sorry, trademarking we this. <laughs> well, see, I'm picturing the white van with the Scareberia logo. Like the Scareberia. I know with this little kid coming out of it. <laughs> Throwing donuts <laughs> instead of Egos. <laughs> with a double-double in her hand. <laughs> Okay, All this stuff is only going to make sense to this episode. It'll come back, though. It'll, it'll come back. <laughs> like everything else in our podcast yes. is random. Oh, uh, so. <laughs> I can't even answer. I love you guys. You guys are so We fun. love you too, Patrick. Thank <laughs> you for quite so a craziness. Yes. And oh. guys, thank you for sticking for episode 25. Beth <laughs> <laughs> is crazy laughing here. So. Remember, stay spooky, and we'll talk to you guys later. Remember, if it's haunted or is it history, you decide. Bye.